welcome with that to Bite Me Podcast, episode 135. I am half of your hosting team. I'm Cliff. The other half of your hosting team is... The Dylan. So, anyway, uh, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Um, I've been playing some cool stuff, too. Uh, then we'll talk a little teeny bit of news, but in it's still this, pretty light. Yeah, I, I went through a lot of places to, to dig out the very, very small amount of news that uh, I did find. But we've got some good questions this week, so we'll do some questions. Uh, and there's some cheap free games. Um, actually, some of these are actually just free-free, which is even better than cheap and free. So Double free that. games? Double free games. I want no, games that, be, that incentivize me to play them. Yeah, that'd be like games they actually that pay just you. pay me to play them. That's what I want to get. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Dylan, what are you playing, man? Um, I didn't get a chance to play a lot in the last week, but I can follow up on my Breath of the Wild experience because uh, Adam and I talked about that a little bit, and he's like, "Wait, are you, you playing Breath of the Wild too?" A little bit. I'm trying. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, he's cool. like, you know, there is a main quest and side quest in the menu, and it's like, I was like, no, but yes, I actually knew that 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 was there. But <laughs> I went and I kind of like went to that menu because I was trying to fight the divine beast, and I just really was not ready to um, yeah. the one. And I think you need like electric arrows or something. But that's kind of my problem with with the game is I have four main quests that are currently like active. One is kill Ganon, which is. Duh! Like we we know that that's the quest of the game. The other is kill all the divine beasts. The other one is kill the single divine beast that I actually know where it is. And the other quest is something else. So I clicked on the something else because obviously, of those four quests, there's actually only really one that is yeah, yeah. my main quest, which is kind of like my issue. Like I wish there was a little bit more linear progression in the game yeah. rather than just being so open but i went and did that mission and like that was fine like i i did the mission which uh, mission was it I, i'm curious if I've i think it. it was the uh was that the blue flame one was that actually a primary uh, mission i think um, that i think it might have been yeah, i think that, that was opens one up your slate yeah like it, it like updates your your slate and makes you do yeah. cooler stuff with it which again is my problem with this game that i can go kill ganon before i update the darn thing that like is kind of very crucial to doing anything in the game yeah um it's like even if they had made me do like these other six missions and then opened up everything else, like yeah. I think I would feel a little better. But like I was like, oh, I'm going to go do this Divine Beast. But I'm like, I'm totally not ready to do this. Like at this point in the game, because one, I just have crap weapons and I have crap this and crap that. And I just wasn't I wasn't ready for it. Um, yeah. But I guess I can enjoy the game a little bit more than I previously had. Like I'm I'm getting it. I like I really want to find a horse. I really like I think that would really help. Um I have found enough shrines now like I'm starting to boost my stamina up to get to a point where I can actually climb things because while you can climb anything you can actually only climb what your stamina will allow you to climb. Yeah. So it's there's there's a lot of obstacles to really figure out what is the right way to play this game. Um when if I could just tackle like 20 or 24 shrines to get enough orbs to upgrade my stamina a lot and maybe my health a little bit like i could probably enjoy this game a lot more um but that's a little micromanagey to to get me to the stage where i can actually kind of press forward efficiently um but i i definitely do like the game i don't know if i'll just start playing something else again just because I feel like I'm progressing a little faster when I'm playing WoW or something, which I have been playing um, as well. I didn't play it a lot last week, but um, that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm also playing Breath of the Wild. I, it's kind of, I guess, it's maybe not very exciting that you know the the, the one of the games we're playing is a I don't know two year old yeah. <laughs> game that everybody else has already played already. Um, but yeah, no, I think the thing that I will take away from Breath of the Wild is that I have played it. So this is the, I'm going to almost say this is my third playthrough, but I've only started over twice. So I played about, mm, what, what do you say it takes you to get off the, the plateau? Maybe three hours, three, three or, and a half hours? Yeah, three, under yeah. four, under four hours. 
Yeah, so I played the plateau plus maybe an extra hour or two and just like fell off of it, did not enjoy it, whatever. Um, and then my Switch got stolen with that game in it. So I had no choice but to restart. And, you know, it was one of those weird things. I'm like, why did I why did I buy this game again if I didn't like it? It was it was a very strange That is a strange thing to do. It went on sale and I'm just like, ah, you know, I, I need this game to almost I guess kind of complete the the Switch experience, like Literally everybody else has this game. I I will be dumb to not do it. So I I bought it on a sale, and uh, and got about the same amount of length into it, and didn't hate it as much the second time. But just something else came out, so I put it down and did not pick it up again until mm, two weeks ago. And I got about the same distance. I was about five hours in, but I just the second time I played it, I said I'm not going to, I'm not going to play this game. I don't want to say the way they expect me to, but I'm just going to go wander around. Like, it's an open world game. I can wander anywhere anywhere I want. I'm just going to go wander. And that has made it, for the most part, more enjoyable. The things that have really surprised me about this game is the the story's pretty good because I didn't... When I've you actually find the story, it's interesting. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Is the The story opens with you talking to, like, Santa Homeless Man... Um, who isn't very interesting and does a lot of that very, like, Eastern video game, like, ho, 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 make me a pie in this thing. And I'm like, but why? I don't care. I know this is a I'm an adventurer. I don't yeah, need to I make just, you a pie. I just don't care. Um, and then, you know, lo and behold, he's actually a dead god uh, or king that, you know, has been... I don't know. It just seemed really stilted and dumb, and I didn't like that character very much. But then you get off the the plateau and start finding out that like there's this awesome epic battle that's been raging for millennia and that you know you have the soul of a hero and that Zelda has the soul of a goddess and you know she's been locked in a battle with Ganon for a hundred years and you've been resurrected to go find her and I'm like oh this is getting actually pretty cool um and maybe maybe I knew that before but it wasn't presented to me in a way that I found interesting right um I've been really surprised about like the quality and the interestingness of some of the cutscenes that I've run into since then. Um, it's just been good. But the thing I will say that I think is similar to your feelings about it is that having an open world where you can go do anything is super cool until it's not. Um, until you're doing something that's totally not interesting and you don't even really know it. Well, or the game makes you do things more than once because the game's not smart enough to recognize it. Right. I, so I found this cool, like, fairy pond um, with this monstrous fairy in it. She's probably, I don't know, 60 feet tall. And one of the things she can do is you can take, um, like, I don't remember, it's like parts of dead monsters that you find in the world after killing them and use those to upgrade your armor. So I did that once, but then I got went and bought new armor, so I went back to her to have her do it again. And while I was doing that, she's right outside of, I don't know, that town with all the K's in it. Kalakaflak? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, I went into town and there's this dude there. He's like, oh my gosh, did you know that right somewhere outside of town, there's a fairy pond with a fairy in it? And I'm like, yeah, I did. Like, I was literally just there. And he's like, do you want me to show you where it is? I'm like, no, dude, I just was there. It's cool. He's like, follow me. I'll show you where it's at. I'm like... I don't want to. And it's like side quest. I'm like, God damn it. If I don't do I this. I literally just did this. I will have this on my quest list forever. So I'm like, okay, guy, I guess I will follow you. But I know where it is. So I just run ahead. I get back to the ferry pond. I turn around. The guy's like halfway up the hill. He's like, okay, I can't make it any further. I'm just out of breath. I'm not going to be making it. So I had to run back to him. And then he's like, it's right up ahead. I go back to the ferry. Then it's like side quest finished. I'm like, I know I was here. Um, that kind of thing is annoying. Um, I ran into another guy who's like, Hey man, I will buy like all the, the rare, um, uh, like metal things that you find. So I'll buy your ancient screws and I'll buy your ancient gears and I'll buy your, right. All those parts. You I find. found that guy. And I'm like, cool dude. Like, I don't even know why I'm collecting this crap. Like, I'm glad to find you as a person I can sell these to. And I got a bunch of money for them. And then, like, 15 minutes later, I do the blue flame quest. Get up top. They're like, man, if you have three ancient screws, we can update your slate right now. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, that's cool. But I just sold them to that dude that I met on the way here. (laughs) 
<laughs> so it's like the continuity of the game is just a little bit off. Like, I don't know what to do with these things. So now I have to hoard all sorts of crap um, forever because maybe I'll need it. It makes me really, it puts me in that, like, are you one of those kind of people that are like, hey, ammo is super precious. So I have to collect every ammo I'll ever find and never use these special ammos. Right. And then you I never, the game and I I'm like, literally never use them. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's what I think this game's going to turn into me is that I have all these things, but I don't want to use them in the wrong recipe because what if I need them later? I don't want to use them. I, I hate a game that will not tell you if something is junk. Yeah. Um, like, that's my favorite thing about WoW is it literally says these things are only good if you sell them. And I'm like, uh-huh. great. Um, the other things I will save. And I think um, there's a few games that do that. I can't think yeah. off the top of my head. But... Division 2 does it. You can literally go to a vendor and push a button that will sell all junk. And they just sell all the crap. It doesn't even really show up in your inventory. So, I don't know. I, I'm, really, I'm really enjoying my time with Breath of the Wild this time around. I'm probably 10 or 12 hours into it now. Um, I'm finding the shrines to be, for the most part, interesting. Although, I'm not, like... If I can't beat a shrine the first time, I'm not, like, spending a bunch of time worrying about it. I'm just looking it up on the internet. Right. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to make this game precious in any way. If I can't figure something out, I will literally just look it up on the internet and go through it. So, and I think that's made it more enjoyable. I don't, I want to say that I'll finish it just because I want to say that I'll finish it. Um, I guess we'll see. So, but sure. uh, it's better than it has been. It's definitely better than it has been. So, and, and the further you've gotten into it, do you find the breaking weapons to be less annoying than you did at first? Not really. And, and it, like for me, it's still it's, kind of annoying. It's still kind of annoying, but I think the thing that I found is that the better weapons don't break as fast. Right. And so but they still happen I, to break at inopportune moments. Super inopportune moments. <laughs> um, I think this is a game, and unfortunately, I've been playing it a lot handheld, and that's a bummer because it's a game that I think plays way better oh, definitely. on a TV with a, with a pro controller. So, yeah, that's what it is. Uh... We talked about Breath of the Wild for a long time, so I'm not going to talk a super long time about the other two games I'm playing. But I have been playing, um, oh, shoot. I told you about it today. Do you remember the name of it? It's like a Diablo-like. Path of um, Exile. Path of Exile, yeah. So we, we tried to give that a go this weekend um, because I want, we were trying to find some multiplayer games that were um, freer in Game Pass that could have like more than three-player co-op. And I'm like, I've always wanted to try Path of Exile. I love Diablo. Um and that game's been out for a while. Um, and it's it's fun. If you if you like a Diablo game, it's fun. It's hard to play multiplayer. Like, you really have to... It took us a while to figure out how multiplayer works in that game. Um, and then once we got going, um, my game crashed hard enough that I had to restart the game twice. And my brother Colby's game crashed hard enough that he had to restart the game twice, which of course kills your session. And then you have to find all the people you want to play multiplayer with again. So it's not very stable. Um, and the gear isn't instanced and you have a tiny, tiny, tiny inventory. So unlike most Diablo games where, the entire idea of the game is you're killing stuff and getting a huge amount of loot and then going and turning that loot back in. This is a game where I'm leaving a huge amount of loot behind because I, it's hard to even figure out what loot you want to take or what loot's better than yours. And your inventory fills up, I don't know, within 30 seconds of you leaving the town. It's obnoxious. It's super obnoxious. Um, so I don't think we're going to play more Path of Exile, which is a bummer because I really like Diablo style games. Um, but kind of in a world where Diablo exists, I would a hundred percent rather just play Diablo again than play this game. (laughs) So eh, it is what it is. Um, but the other game I'm playing is Outer Wilds, which is a game that came out, it was kind of a sleeper, um, especially because it sounds a lot like Outer Worlds, which is the new Obsidian game that's coming out later this year. Is that year. why I'm getting confused? Uh-huh. I think that's why I'm getting confused. 
like literally if you hear someone say outer they're playing outer worlds right now what they mean is they're playing outer wilds right now um it's a game published by annapurna i don't remember who is the developer on it but it uh kind of came out without a ton of fanfare and went immediately into game pass and kind of the plot of the game is you are this weird race of aliens that have four eyes and you start out in this little town and you're, you're you want to be you've always wanted to be a space traveler and so you know your your race has a history of space travel um you've been training for a long time to do this you spend a bunch of time going around your town talking to people it's kind of a tutorial and then you literally just blast off into space and there's like eight planets that you can explore and inside your spaceship there's like a i'm going to say like a, a a status board that you can look at. And when you go to different planets, it will collect different bits of information um, about the planet you, you visited. So you'll go somewhere and you'll translate this alien message using your alien message translator. And that will update that board. And, and either that'll say, Oh, Hey, now you need to go here to get more information about this. Or it'll say you found some stuff, but there's more to find in this location. And so you have to kind of go back. But the, the kind of conceit of the game is that every 22 minutes, the sun explodes. And so it's a time loop. So, and you don't really understand exactly why it's a time loop either. Um, at least yet I don't, you just know that it is. Um, and so in your next 22 minutes, then you'll go back to your spaceship, find out what, um, you know, what you found out where you have to go next. And then you'll take off from your spaceship again and fly to another planet. Um, the interplanetary travel, I do not, like very much because I'm bad at it. It's actually kind of hard to move a spaceship in a 3d space. Um, there's an autopilot that will get you close, but then you have to land yourself, which I am terrible at. Um, but once you get on the planet, it's super fun. They're all low gravity. So you can sometimes jump really high. Sometimes you can jump high enough off the planet to actually escape its gravity, which is a very, very, very bad thing in case you're wondering, um, because that just means you die in space. It's a game that at least I die a lot in because you'll misjudge how far a jump is and you'll fall too far or you'll, you know, fall too far and crack open the the front of your spaceship and you'll asphyxiate or you'll jump off a planet and asphyxiate. You asphyxiate a lot in this game, I'll be honest, or at least I do. Um, but it's really, really fun. I've been playing it co-op with my kids. So it's actually kind of a cool couch co-op game because the longest any turn can last is 22 minutes. So I'll take a turn and play until the sun explodes or I die. And then he'll take a turn and play until the sun explodes or he dies. We just keep handing the controller back and forth. Um, but it's all about exploration. It's very very walking sim like there's no like you don't get a gun you don't get any of that stuff you're just exploring space and pushing this story along of these kind of ancient beings that were in your solar system before you and trying to figure out kind of what happened to them where they went it's uh it's really cool and like i said if you have game pass it's free it's about i think 16 or 17 hours long and from as of right now and it's obviously just you know late june i've heard at least 3 or 4 like game reviewers say that it's like their shadow game of the year that they it kind of came out of nowhere and they're saying it's the best game they've played this year. So if you have an Xbox, and you have game pass, go give outer wilds a shot. I think you'll like it. So, uh, anything else while we're playing things, Dylan? Um, I started playing hotline Miami too, cause I wanted to play something different and I never played the second one. Um, it's great. I've never played those soundtracks are so good. I should play them. I think I own the first one on Steam. You have to have owned one somewhere. Right. But they're so much fun. They're <laughs> they're they're pretty challenging, but they're in a, kind, in a are they good kind way. of roguelikes? They're if you get hit you die likes. Um but the levels are short enough that and there's there are checkpoints, but you have to do the whole room or level of building and move on to the next one to get a checkpoint. So you have to clear a whole floor of enemies sure. and then move on and clear the whole floor of enemies and move on. So that's the idea. But Yo. generally everything is kind of a one hit kill. Sure. Unless you're like um, hitting them with a blunt object where they get bopped to the ground and you have to like finish them kind of thing. Sure. But, sure. Yeah. All right. I'll give it a, I'll give it a go when I get some time, which will be never. Um, would you like to lead us into the next section news it's good dylan you, you nail that every week that's 135 news it's, it's really the only thing i'm good at is that on your resume 
Like, if I go to your LinkedIn page right now, will I, I see that you work from Bite Me Podcast and that you say news? Yes. I I'm going to check that after the show. Uh, all right. So today, uh, normally we do this before, but I didn't. So uh, we're going to talk about the three very tiny pieces of news that I could find. Um, Xbox. Uh, IGN did a really – well, I'm actually not sure who did the the interview. Somebody did an interview with Phil Spencer. And uh, I'm honestly just going to read you a bunch of quotes because I think that was really cool. Um but we're also going to talk about the Super Mario Brothers Battle Royale game that was out very briefly and how cool it sounded and it no longer exists. It's very sad. And uh, some interesting developments going on at PUBG Core, the company that owns um, PUBG, shockingly enough, uh, that I think I think a lot of people find kind of exciting. So, uh, But we're going to go back to Microsoft. So... Uh, I, this was a, an interview with Kotaku, actually, probably at E3 if I had to guess. Um... And they just talked to him about a, a lot of different things, but mostly about having a bunch of first-party studios. And I thought that some of the the interesting things – he just said some interesting things about what having a bunch of first-party studios does and having you know, 14 first-party games does. And it's not exactly what you'd think. Like, I mean, obviously the upsides of having those many games are that um, – if anything, it'll stop people from saying, oh my gosh, Xbox doesn't have any first-party games anymore. I mean, it probably won't. They'll probably still say that, but it won't be true. Um, but one of the things he said is that, is, uh, in quote, is in the case of Forza, I want the team, just like we did with three, uh, four, three. we gave them time. We did, what, four Halos in a year? Giving them an opportunity to really think and have a creative impact when they launch. Turn 10 is similar. I want to give them the time to think through their plans. You've got to be able to listen to your studios when they need time and they want to focus on more things. And as you have more content, you're able to do that. So he's saying that, Essentially, there's not a Forza game coming out um, next year, which is, I think, the first time that's ever happened ever. And really, it's because they want to give them the time to make a great game, which I thought was a a really cool thing to say. Um, They asked for more time, and because there's so many games in the hopper, they can do that. Right. And I think that is neat. I'm all for Um, not putting a game out every year, because that's what burns me out on games, or they come out and they're not as good as they could be. They're not as good. So, like, those are both downsides, right? There's no upside to having a game every year, really. Yep. There's enough games. Exactly. God, they could literally release half the games that they knew now, and I would still have too many games to play, to be frank. Um, but he said the same thing. He said that, you know, there's been some talk that some of their first party games have not been as high quality as they could be. I would argue to some degree that that's uh, a matter of preference. Like I really liked State of Decay. A lot of people didn't. I really liked, um, uh, oh, that game that nobody liked. What was, you played it, Dylan. Um, Terry Crews is in it. Uh, Agents of Mayhem. Yeah, no, not Age of Mayhem. It oh, may as well have been Crackdown Agents of Mayhem. <laughs> Crackdown 3. I really liked that game. A lot of people didn't. Um, so maybe, I don't know if it maybe that their games haven't been as quality, but I think that their games were maybe more for a, a less broad audience than a lot of things, but that's fine. But he said that's another part of this, is that having 14 games coming out means that you never have to push a game out to meet, you know, three years ago, we picked a date that that game was coming out, and oh my god, that game really has to come out on that date or things are going to be bad. When you have 14 games in the hopper, that becomes far less important. So uh, I thought that was really interesting. And then uh, the final thing he was saying, we talked a lot about um, crunch culture uh, over the last couple months. Kotaku actually just released another uh, mind-boggling article about crunch culture. Um, I think with Visceral Games, I want to say, maybe... Um, the f- oh Treyarch actually so the folks that make uh, Call of Duty. Duty Black Ops Four um, they did a bunch of interviews specifically with their QA people and it sounds like a hellscape working there um, but one thing that uh, that Phil said was that. Uh, we want to create an environment where people can have careers, which means they feel fulfilled and rewarded with the work they do, that there's a career progression, but the sustainability of the work life balance is critical. And I would use that word because I don't know if there's one equation. Okay. You clock in at this time, you clock out at that time. When you think about the number of hours that people work, when you think about a sustainable career where I say, I can see myself doing this in 20 years, we spend a lot of time pulling the culture we have inside the organization because it's not just how many hours do I work? It's do I feel like I work in an environment where I can show up as my true self, where I can do my best work, all of those things are critical and 
every time I see Phil Spencer talk or anytime I read things he does, I'm just like, that dude seems cool. Like, <laughs> you know, he seems like he gets it. I'm, you know, I mean, granted, he's an executive for a company that's worth almost a trillion dollars. Um, so there's probably a lot of things he'd say that I also would not like. But, uh, you know, at least public facing, he does some cool stuff that yeah. I, I really like. Well, they're moving in the right direction. I think that's right. You can't take that away from them. Like, yep. I agree. Obviously, there's a perfect world that we don't live in, but mm-hmm. um, you can you can strive to do things better. Yeah, exactly. And it just seems like Microsoft is is doing cool things for the people that work for them. They're doing cool things for gamers. They're doing cool things for people who enjoy playing their games. I just I just like what they're doing. So uh, I guess that's all. Raw, raw, raw. Right, go Phil Spencer. That's that's my thing. Um, Super Mario Brothers Battle Royale. Have you seen this, Dylan? I did not see this, but I'm. I don't even know what to say. It's a cool game. So the idea is is that they took effectively the first couple levels of Mario. I'm going to say the first three levels. And you could not directly attack the other people that were were playing with you. So, you know, essentially a hundred players start all at once. And and you couldn't directly kill the other Marios, but what you could do is like you could hit a shell at them and that would kill them. Or right. if they were standing on top of a block that was breakable, you could break that and maybe it would flip them down uh, you know, like one of the, the caverns that are just full of dead Yoshis at the bottom, those things. Um and the the goal was to be the first Mario that would make it through all three of the levels to the end, um, and still be alive. Which is just a, a it's a super cool idea. It's a super cool idea. Um, but of course, because it was Super Mario Battle Royale, um, Nintendo's lawyers came along and said, "Like, yo, <laughs> can't do that, man." And he's like, "Okay, cool." So he renamed it Infringio Royale, which I thought was a pretty good big middle finger to. Um, you know, lawyers um, <laughs> took all of the Nintendo uh, references, took all of the Nintendo textures out of it, relaunched it. It was still doing really well. And that was actually what we were going to report on today. Like, Hey, go check out Infringio Royale. And then I went to their website and apparently the lawyers came back again and were like, nah, come on, man. You know that you can't do this. And he's like, no, really? What's, what am I doing this time? They're like, you know what you're doing. He's like, no, really? I don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, you know, and <laughs> I guess you can only when you're a dude, you can probably only argue with, you know, Microsoft's, you know, highly paid or I'm sorry, Nintendo's highly paid lawyers for so long. Right. You're going to lose that fight every lose. time. <laughs> so unfortunately, Infringio Royale <laughs> no longer exists, which is a real bummer because that's a game that I really, really want to try. <laughs> yeah, but. We'll what see it do? launched by Nintendo next year. I mean, what I hope this guy can do is create a... I mean, Nintendo doesn't own the concept of having platformers. Right. So I would hope that he could create a... Uh, take the game and make it his own without using any Nintendo stuff, without right. using any... I mean, was this guy asking for this? Because, like, you could have <laughs> just made that game and not have it have yeah. anything to do with Mario. I, I wish people would stop doing awesome things the wrong way, the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like if you make I don't remember what it was, but some dude spent, I don't know, like seven years remaking Metroid or something. I'm like, that's so awesome, but it's going to last live for 15 minutes. Like right. Nintendo doesn't play. Um, there are there are game companies that do allow that. And Nintendo is just a hundred percent not the one. one of them, you know. So I guess if that's the thing is, if you're like, hey, what I want to see is Battle Royale Mario, you go like, dude, I want to see Battle Royale Mario. What that means is I'm going to make a Battle Royale platformer without Mario. <laughs> but like, you <laughs> could even make a, cool. you could even make like a parody of it though too. It could be a parody of platformers. Yeah, like you can have like silly Italian characters that have some different occupation yeah. that are in a battle royale for some weird reason to get the love and affection of a princess like yeah there is a way to make that game and still have no, it be themey a... and 
even better, you're a princess going to rescue a plumber. Right, exactly. Yeah. You flip role reversal and it's it's genius. Like I mean, the problem is too is like their lawyers just I mean, yeah, legally, fair use wise, that's probably hundred percent right. legal, but who's gonna fight a fair use case against Nintendo? Right. Just well, yeah, work, you're not gonna so. win it. So. You're just not going to win it. So, anyway, a cool idea that just isn't isn't going to happen. So, uh, you know, rip uh, Infringio Royale. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, PUBG Core. So, uh, PUBG started out as a subsidiary of Blue something. Blue Soft. No, it's that company Blue over. I think they're Steel. Something. LT Yeah, it was that. <laughs> they own a bunch of. MMOs over in China or I want to say China. Anyway, PUBG Core uh, split off from them. I believe they are a wholly owned subsidiary of whatever the name of that company is. Um, But PUBG really up until now only does PUBG games. Um, But uh, they just started a new a new studio called striking distance, which is not a very good name for a studio, but is a pretty good name for like an arcade game from the eighties. Right. Um, Yeah, it works. And the goal of that studio is to create an original narrative experience within the PUBG universe. So we're going to create an original narrative inside the PUBG universe in which there is effectively no narrative, but that's okay. Um, Because Glenn Schofield um, is taking the helm as CEO and if you've never heard his name before, that's fine. But what you should know is he was the vice president and GM at Visceral Games and uh, the co-founder of Sledgehammer. So this dude has worked on both Call of Duty and Dead Space. So there could be some really cool stuff coming out of uh, out of striking distance in the like I, like I said, I don't know how you make a game in the the PUBG universe, but I loved me some dead space. So if they can, if they can make a game that is dead space esque, that that's enough for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good, 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 good. All right. Before we get to questions, I am going to talk about our patrons because our patrons are, um, the best people in the world. Is that right? Yep. That's the news story of this week. Our patrons are best patrons. (laughs) There was no other news. So that's what we pushed out. Uh, if you are one of our producer patrons, we read your name on this podcast, which um, is pretty much the highest honor you can get as far as um, this podcast is concerned, I believe. So I'm going to do that right now. Uh, first off, Operator Jack, Joe Cole Jr., John Tippins. We still don't know who John Tippins is, right? That's Adam's friend. Adam's got friends. That's awesome. Yes, we found out because we spent all that time figuring out who the new patron was last week to find out it was Adam's friend. Oh, well, welcome, Adam's friend. You should come hang out with us in Discord. Which was the best twist possible when him and I are trying to figure out who the new patron is. And it was Adam's friend. That's amazing. Well, 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 welcome, John, Adam's friend. We like you. Uh, Megan Phillips. I still own Megan and John and Michael stickers. Um, I probably need to get some more magnets, too. I, I need. I owe them lots of things. My kid just got out of school. This weekend, I will send out stickers and I'll send you everything I have. You might have to take two shipments because I don't actually have any magnets yet. So we'll figure that out. Uh, of course, Megan Phillips, who is, uh, if you come into our Discord, she is the only person with a pink text, which I think makes her the coolest. Dylan had it for a while. We took it away. Although I might have given it to Jack, too. He, he said he wanted it. So maybe I just lied to you. It doesn't matter. Um, Michael Kennedy. I don't know how to say his last name still. I should look it up. But he's a cool guy. He's in our Discord, too. Gauthier, Gauthier. <laughs> Michael oh. KG, Michael KG, uh, Tom McDermott, Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, uh, whose house is going to be eaten by um, giant <laughs> termites, termites that eat concrete. It's going to be a bummer, man. They're very um, hungry, very hungry. And of course, Kevin Schuld, who had the misadventure of playing Path of Exile with me. His was the only game that didn't crash. I don't I don't know what he did to be so special. But thank you to our patrons. If you would also like to be a patron and uh, help us fund this delightful podcast, you can go to bite. Uh, I'm sorry, patreon.com slash bite me podcast, and it will make everybody very happy. Uh, next up, we have questions. And the first question we always answer is from our good friend. Hey, you Benny. Did you say Benny? Uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we're I've, a little too hard on the accent. <laughs> you, you've, hey, yo, you went, Benny. Yeah, I was going to say, you went right into like 90 year old grandma. Hello, Benny. Benny, Benny, bring me my dentures. Bring me my teeth. Benny. It's good. Vinny has a really good question, actually, this week. I, I was really, I think this is an interesting one. I'll be interested to see what your, your thoughts on this are. So he says, what are your thoughts on completing a game? And the way he defines completing a game is you see the credits roll. And I think that's actually it's a good, good. I think it's a good, uh, a fair rule to use. I agree. Um, he says, do you play other games while you're trying to beat a game? Do you not buy other games until uh, you finish that game? Are you disappointed in a game if you don't beat it? And w- at what point do you decide the game just isn't something you're ever going to beat? Um, why don't you go first, Dylan? Because I actually have uh, very structured thoughts on this. <clears throat> okay. Um, I think this has changed for me over time. I think there was a time where I kind of bought a game, I finished it, and then I looked for a new game to play. Um, And that was when I was younger with limited funds and games weren't as accessible, I guess. Like, I think even with limited funds today, you can amass more games than you can play. Um, 10 bucks a month, you can have 200 games Very easily. Um, And I used to roll credits on every game I played. Um, Now... I don't play as many games that roll credits. Um, so I, I, I thought about this question. I, I find it a little harder to answer, but I think generally if I get into a game, I plan to roll credits on. Um, am I disappointed? I haven't finished breath of the wild yet. I don't think I'm disappointed. Um, I'll absolutely play a game. I probably won't play two story driven games that, roll credits side by side often unless one is on my switch and one is somewhere else um i guess um trying to make sure i hit all the fat <laughs> all your questions <laughs> um and if if i really don't enjoy a game i i probably won't necessarily play it through um and i'm not too upset about it um yeah, I yep. go with no, that. That's good. I uh, I used to be kind of like you, with the exception of I didn't beat many games. Uh, I used to put hours and hours and hours. Like it's strange to me how many games that I've put dozens of hours into that I've never beaten. Like I've played almost all the way through Final Fantasy VI twice, never beat it. Um, and so. I also have a, a massive pile of shame. Like my my pile of shame is taller than my house, and I have a two story house. Um, I've got mm, well over nine hundred games in my Steam library. My Xbox library is I don't know, not counting Game Pass, probably two hundred and fifty. My PlayStation is probably over a hundred. Um, just because you get so many free games these days right. and I can never pass up a free game, but also I do humble bundle. Um, I used to buy a lot of games um, as part of sales. I used to buy humble bundles all the time. Now I just do humble bundle monthly. Anyway, I ended up with a huge amount of games. And so at some point um, towards the end of 2018, I decided like I need to stop, um, but also uh, be a little more structured in how I play games, um, both in beating games and in deciding when not to beat games. So I actually have, I like this sounds nerdy, but I have a spreadsheet of all of the games I am currently playing and like the next seven or eight games I want to play. Um, unfortunately, a lot of those are ones I have started and have not beaten. Um, I prioritize them by to some degree length. I try and beat short games because you can beat more of them fast. Um, but sometimes I get into breath of the wild. It's a 40 hour game. There's nothing you can do. Um, but I try to be very mindful of what games I am actively playing. Um, and I try not to play more than two or three at a time, but sometimes that just doesn't work out. So, but I, I, I try very hard to keep track of what I'm playing at very least so that I don't add too many games to the top of that pile. Um, I am trying really hard not to buy other games at all. 
Um, sometimes that works and sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> um, and there are games that I'm always going to buy. And, and the games I'm trying to buy now are I'm trying to limit myself to games that I know I will play with another person. So I bought The Division 2. Hold you accountable. Play that with my brother, yeah. Um, I'm going to buy Wolfenstein because I know I'm going to play that with my brother. So I play, I probably play with him between like four and six hours every weekend. And so I know I am going to play those games in addition to the other gaming time I have. So, you know, if I can play one game with him and one or two other games during the week, that keeps me accountable. Um, I am extremely disappointed in myself if I start a game and do not finish it. Like those, those games make me feel very guilty. Um, and so I try to finish games or again, at least keep track of which games I haven't finished so I can go finish them in the future. Um, but the one thing I have, I think gotten better at is deciding when a game just isn't for me. Um, and I've got kind of two, two methods that I, I use to, to figure that out is some games I play and I'm just like, this game sucks. This game is obviously awful. Um, games like uh, Agents of Mayhem. Like, I played four or five hours of that. I felt I gave that game a very fair shake. I did not like it. Um, there's been a handful of other games that that have made that kind of list for me. And usually what... Usually when I can tell that a game isn't doing it for me is when I go in and... Uh, go to play a game at night and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I want to play. Maybe... Maybe I'll just play some Rocket League. And when I get to the point where I'm actively playing a game and instead I think maybe I'll just go play some Rocket League instead, that's a pretty good indication that I don't want to play the game I'm playing. So, um, but you know, sometimes even games get knocked off that list. Like God of War was a game that I I just kind of like, maybe I don't want to play this game anymore. Um, but then maybe I'll get back to in the future. But for the for the short term, I can say I played God of War. I put 10 hours into it. It wasn't for me. Or I put six hours into it. It wasn't for me. It's off my list. and I don't have to think about it anymore. So it kind of leaves that mental space for me, which is which is nice. So but also the, the, the other side of that is I do keep a list of games that I didn't finish as well. So that I can go in the future and go like, oh, why didn't I like that game? Or, hey, I most definitely did not like that game. But I also keep track of the games I have beaten. So uh, it's really a lot of it for me is just tracking, um, which is super nerdy, but it's kind of how my brain works. Um, And I I kind of highly subscribe to the idea that if you have something rolling around in your head, you're going to think about it forever until you write it down. And so for me, writing those things down into a list means that I don't have to think about what I'm playing or what I want to play or um, why haven't I played more of that game? And the answer is because I'm done with it. It's off my list and it's on to, I'm not going to finish this list. And so I don't have to think about it anymore. So that's how I, I work with, with completing games. Uh, next up question from Eddie. He wants us to replace our family with Nintendo characters who will be serving you breakfast in the morning. Peach, Wario, Captain Falco, um, the answer is, is I serve myself breakfast, so <laughs> I, it'll still be me, Eddie. Uh, I guess, is this immediate family? I don't know. I Do we go, like, I, I was stuck between, is this, like, when I was growing up, or? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Or when, like, or my current family situation. Like, are we yeah. talking about going to Thanksgiving, we need more information. I, I guess. I guess the the first answer is is you also serve yourself breakfast every morning. I do so, now. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna change. When I was morning. growing up, my mom would make me breakfast. Yeah, my mom would make me. And breakfast I wish too. my I... mom was. Um... Still making you breakfast? Yeah. I ultimately, yeah. who would still be there making me breakfast? I'll be honest. I do not need my mom to make me breakfast. I am fine making breakfast, but yeah. man, I wish my mom was around to make me dinner. God, I hate cooking. Oh, yeah. Um, See, my mom made me French know. toast or waffles or pancakes every morning before school, so... Dang. It was good life. It was good That's life. That's not bad, man. That's not bad at all. Um... So who would serve? So so I guess I guess if if you were going to replace your wife with a Nintendo character, who do you think your your wife would be a, a good replacement? Um, Funky Kong. She's in the room with you, right? Yeah, but she don't know what I, what that question was. I'm gonna tell her. I just he'd be my best friend. Yeah, I guess that's probably true. I guess that's true. It's kind of weird, man. <laughs> it's. Kinda... Funky Kong's a weird choice. 
I'm having a really, I've like literally <laughs> been thinking of this question. I was like, I don't know all these characters are nuts. <laughs> I, like, uh, no, I, I don't you... want Wario to serve me breakfast. Like, no, <laughs> I don't. I get it. Uh, I think if I was going to replace my wife with a Nintendo character, it would probably be Daisy. They, She's got the red hair. They look kind of the same. Yeah, it's so, like you could pick Peach, but she's just going to get kidnapped. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't I don't need that in my life, man. I do not need that in my life. So Daisy, I think, is my choice. She, they, they, you know, They've got a, a little bit of a similar look, and I don't think she's constantly getting kidnapped by Bowser. What's the That's, other one? Um, Rosalina? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I guess I'd go with that one. Yeah, it's it's all right. Um, let's see. You don't have any kids. Who who? You can help me here. Who should I replace my kid Carter with? Uh, Funky Kong. Funky Kong. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's maybe maybe is he like a Diddy Kong? He might be a Diddy Kong. I think he. I think Diddy Kong is a is a good is a good pull. Can yeah. he shoot you with his peanut blaster. <laughs> I mean, that's probably pretty close to the real thing. <laughs> it sounds pretty legit. Uh, Who's Captain Falco? Captain, well, is he talking about Falco or Captain Falcon? It's it's a, have, either a typo or so you got Falco have, from Star Fox, or you got Captain Falcon. Oh yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's Captain Falcon. Wait, from from F Zero. Oh shoot! Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, it's been a it's been. We a need an F Zero game. F-Zero. If they made a new F Zero game, I would be so in. How about this? I, it can't be a Nintendo game, but F Zero in VR. Ooh, that'd be dope, right? Yep. Yeah, I don't think I know. I don't have a Nintendo very game. large family for this question. Well, I, I mean, we could go extended family, but it just gets weird. Yeah, I don't know. My mom's. Bowser. I would just like I, disown myself real quick. I think. <laughs> I, my problem is, is like I'm familiar with Nintendo characters, but not like so intimately familiar with Nintendo yeah. characters that I can like uh Well it's all of a sudden like my brother's gonna be Yoshi. Like what what is this relationship? Your brother reminds me of Yoshi. He just licks bit. me. I Yeah. I don't yeah. lays eggs. My my dog could be Yoshi. I don't want to I don't want him to like lay his eggs, crack them and make me breakfast with them. That sounds terrible. Does it? It's a constant source of new eggs. But man. you're it's like cannibalism. Is it? I think so. Can you feed a chicken eggs? You probably can. Should you feed a chicken no. eggs? No. No. Okay. All right. Next question. Angel Girl wants to know what our favorite video game controller of all time is. I looked. We answered this, but my God, it was like 80 episodes ago, so I figured we could just answer it again. The it's Duke. Fine. Oh, see, that's that's not the actual right answer, but it's the It's right always answer. the right answer. God, the Duke controller the was amazing. I have huge hands. Like, that thing just yeah. folded around it. Oh, it was perfect. Loved the Duke. That was good. Um, what's what's your actual favorite controller? Probably the current Xbox One controller. Same. It's been so finessed. They're so um, perfect. And it, pretty much any variation, the Xbox One S controller is better, I guess. Um it- and I think the Xbox Elite controller is basically tied. It just it's it's different, but like it's a if you want the additional accessories, it's worth it. Yeah. But otherwise, it's kind of I think just a sideways upgrade um, because I'm fine with the Xbox One S controller. Yeah, the Xbox One S controller is such an interesting controller to me because, like, I know physically what is different, like, hardware-wise between it and an Xbox One controller. It, it has the headphone jack and... Uh, Bluetooth. It has Bluetooth, but there is something, like, is. you could put them next to each other and I would be able to pick out which one was which. Um, and they, they were the feel same color. a little different, but you, you can't quite explain why. I have no idea what it is, but they feel just slightly better, and I love it with all my heart. It's the best controller ever made. So um, that the Duke, though, yeah. the Duke is, is a solid answer. I mean, pretty much every time Xbox has done a controller, it's been an improvement on the predecessor. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. um, I, I, like, I honestly think that a huge percentage a, a huge part of the reason why I prefer Xbox to PlayStation is because I love the Xbox controller so much more than I like the PlayStation controller. The the PS4 is the best version of the DualShock, but it's still not good. So Right. But that's just me. Like I think a lot of people like them. I just I they don't feel good in my hands. They don't so. at all. Uh Mr. Joe Coleslaw would like to know is what uh what's our thoughts on comedy in video games. What is the funniest moment in the game 
that uh, in games that I have played, and what was the funniest game I played overall? Uh, where do I think humor in video games going in the future? What are your What are your thoughts about comedy in uh, in video games, Dylan? I don't know if it's fair, but the South Park game is by far, I think, the funniest game. That's probably. That's probably true. I don't think there's um, a there's not enough games that are trying to be like funny where they're just like that game is meant to be a funny game and it is so it's the funniest game. Yeah. There's other games that do have like funny parts to them but they're not a funny game. Yeah, I think that comedy in video games is probably one of the hardest things to do. Um because conversation in video games is difficult. So funny has to either be South Park where so much of it's situational and goofy, um, or it kind of has to be in cutscenes because as soon as you give players control over humor, it gets kind of weird. Um, I mean, just thinking about it, there aren't that many games that are super right. funny. And then um, the really. GTA franchise, like they have characters that say funny things because they're just crazy. Yeah, uh, Travis is a fun. Er, tra- Travis, uh, yes, or yeah. Trevor. 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 Trevor is one Trevor of is the funniest funny character. characters. Um, and not in like a stand-up comedian way, but in a this Insanely dude is insane, kind of and uh, he's just like half naked when you walk in, and he's just he's just you're you never know what to expect, yeah. and he's going to make you feel uncomfortable to the point where you laugh. I would say that if you want uh, the funniest game I've ever played that wasn't, um, like, the problem with the South Park game and the problem with uh, GTA and those kinds of games is that a lot of their humor... a lot of their humor is based on being gross. A lot of their humor is based on kind of toilet humor or um, humor at the expense of other people right. to some degree. And if that is not your jam, um, the probably the funniest game I've ever played is West of Loathing. Which yeah, that's is a good a, that's a good answer. Yeah, it's it's very funny in that kind of like punny dad joke kind of way, but is legitimately funny. Like it made me laugh out loud a bunch of times. So West of Loathing, I think that's on the switch now. It's a, it's, it's longer than you think it's going to be. And it's, it's quite a bit of fun. I, I really enjoyed that. I bought it. I played the demo at PAX and literally went downstairs immediately and bought the game yeah. because they were doing a show deal. And I, I really liked that. Uh, so, um, I, where, where, where do you think it could go in the future? I don't know. I mean, there's definitely with like walking simulators, I guess there's a, there's opportunity for more situational comedy. Like you could have almost like sitcom games. Um, except the, the, I guess the trick is because games are interactive, like it becomes hard to set up four jokes at once to see which joke they're going to pick. So you kind of have to design those those situations um but a game that i i wanted to say before like i haven't really played it much but you showed me some of the stuff from it was like thimbleweed park how it actually like it built jokes into the gameplay like the hot dog scene for example like that's actually a very interesting example of how you can actually make the game a joke rather than just the cutscene is characters making jokes it's like actually the mechanics and the the puzzle within the game is a joke i didn't think about thimbleweed park's a great example um day of the tentacle is a great example sam and max hit the road is a really good example Uh, those are all very funny point click adventure games um thimbleweed park just hit game or not thimbleweed park um uh what game did you just say? Because my brain died. Uh, Thimbleweed Park. Uh, oh, it is Thimbleweed Park. Yeah. yeah. Thimbleweed Park. We um, literally uh, just hit Game Pass. I don't know if it hit Game Pass Xbox or if it hit Game Pass PC, but I'm 98% sure it's on one of those. That game is very, very, very good. I love that game. Yeah. So check I, out Thimbleweed Park. I think games have the opportunity to, to be kind of that self-aware humor um like a game like bullet storm is is meant to kind of be a a parody of gears of war or those kinds of games where it like it takes the bro shooter but it's like hey we are a bro shooter Mm -hmm. and we're going to make funny quips 
about it. I was thinking and like um, Army of Two is kind of like that too in a way. I don't know if that's the funniest game, but it's kind of like it's kind of a joke in itself. Yeah. Like it's not meant to be serious. Um, yeah. So I think games I thinking, have that opportunity. Uh, what about? Um... Oh gosh, the double fine game with Jack Black. Uh, Brutal Legend. Yeah, that's Brutal a Legend that's a great example too. Yeah. Um, where they can kind so, of be a parody of. Yeah. Do you think a game like um, like Gang Beasts or that's funny um, Nidhog? Those are like are those games funny? Like they're not they're not funny comedy, but they're I mean physical comedy is definitely a thing, and those games right. definitely I have laughed a lot playing those games or Duck Game or uh, I, I think that's a good point fight. too. It's like the game itself is funny. Like yeah, and you can't play those games without laughing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would have to say those are some of the funniest games, um, yeah. just for th- how you react when you play them. Because yeah. you named all three of those games, and those are absolutely three games that you will have riotous laughter during, right? Especially playing with friends. Um, I mean, yeah, you if you get to. four people in the room playing those games, or I guess two for Nidhog, but even people watching that no, game you should have six people playing nidhogg um, like two of you are playing four of you are cheering, right but you know? yeah exactly you the other four people will be laughing with you yeah. while you play that game i think it would be interesting i think i think asking the question of where do you see humor in video games going in the future is actually is actually a very good question because i think that the same challenges like there there are there are things that you could say, how do you see this going in the future? And I can say, well, you know, I think that with better physics engines, you can make physics better. I think with better artificial intelligence, you can make enemy AI better, that kind of thing. And I can see how, like, processor and RAM and better consoles, whatever, can make those things better. But comedy is hard. Um, I mean, the answer might be... Um, getting better writers. And it's not that the writers that write for video games right now are bad. I think it's that, uh, like... Maybe video game writing will be... have progressed, I guess, because it is a newer thing than novel writing or movie writing. Like, game writing is, a, I think, something people are still figuring out. Like, some games do it really well. Some games... Don't. Right, and, like, and it's... I don't know if there's a there's not a formula for it. Like, I think it's just something over time people might be better at it. I don't. Yeah. Like Dylan and I went and, uh, uh, had the opportunity one time to meet and listen to Anthony Birch talk. And he's the guy that wrote, um, Borderlands. Another two. funny game, a super funny game. Um, but like, he's also just a very funny writer. He does a lot of YouTube stuff. That's very funny. So it's not that he's not a good comedic actor. I think that, you know, what he said, you know, one of the things he said, and I've heard this echoed by a lot of other game writers is, you know, you write and you write and you write and you write and you write. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, we don't have time to make that level work. So you need to pull that level completely out of your story and figure out how to put those pieces back together. Right. And that kind of process is not conducive to funny right. writing. Because <laughs> generally you write um, something and then you do it. It's not like you're writing it and then doing it and then taking it out and then trying to patch it up. And yeah. that's generally not the, the optimal route. But I think that that makes that makes writing very hard. And I so I suppose maybe in the future, um, as game development as a practice um, gets a little more cohesive, as engines get a little easier to hopefully work in, um, as the industry figures out, hopefully a little better how to address things like I mean, let's be frank, crunch culture does not make for funny people. If you're working 90 hours that week, guess how funny I am? Not funny at all. Um, or really funny if you've just had enough. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> like, I think I'm really funny after working 90 hours a week. I'm not actually You're just going to have funny. the snarkiest character imaginable. Just Uh-huh. So, you know, maybe as we address some of those those problems and can, you know, say, hey, this game's going to take five years to make and we're going to make it. Um, and the story is not going to change from day one and we're not going to have to try and make this game in the last nine months after five years of development. Maybe, maybe games can get funnier. Maybe humor can be easier to uh, put into games. Anyway, good question, Joe. That was fun. Um, not funny, just fun. Uh, next question is uh, from Steve Bobrowski. I hope I pronounced that right. He gave me his pronunciation. I is think that Bobrowski right. then? Because it's Bob Ro? Rowski? Or is it yeah, Rao? Yeah, might be right. 
see Steve like sending us how to pronounce your name didn't help at all I apologize um, he has a really good question he actually emailed it to us and I got it and like I, every time I'm like hey email us questions and then he emailed me a question I completely forgot about it uh, but we're putting it in now so his question is, is he has heard me talk about playing on three Xboxes at my house he has two boys in the house and they now have three Xboxes I applaud that he has one link so we can play two Xboxes under my one live account which is how I have it set it up uh, as well. However, the third Xbox can't be used to play on live, so we can play three-player games. At least I can't figure out how we can do that under one uh, Xbox account. Right. Um, he asked, do I have two live accounts? Or if not, how did I get all three going? He says he misses the family live account where you can pay $70 for your entire family. I agree. Um, the bad news for Steve is that there is no way to do it. I tried messing with mine, um, and I, I did a bunch of research on the internet, and literally, if you have three Xboxes, um, there is no way to have, like, two child accounts under one master account, which is a real bummer. It is a bummer. I mean, I don't think having three Xboxes is... Very unreasonable at all. Well, yeah, that's what I was say. I don't think it's common. Like, I don't think a lot of people have three Xboxes. But I bet but enough I definitely... have it that a single person could monitor multiple live accounts because i think that's what it comes down to it's like steve just wants to like have one bill like he doesn't have to manage a bill on two accounts to do this he probably doesn't want to have to pay 20 bucks a month to be right Um, but maybe he would if it was just like oh i just need another membership on here right yep and and i mean to some degree unfortunately gamers are probably partly to blame for this because i mean how many people like I we can't see you raising your hands, but how many of you have one of your friends as your child under your gaming account? Right. You know, um, when when Nintendo announced, I mean, we did it on our podcast. We we're like, all right, so the Nintendo family plan can hold up to six people. Sweet, that's only three dollars a month, you right. know, or three dollars a year. Um, so to some degree, yeah, I think that the proliferation of people sharing Netflix accounts and sharing Hulu accounts and sharing HBO Go accounts has probably contributed to Microsoft. We can only do so many, which is why Netflix is like, you can stream on two devices at a single time. Right. So Uh, it's like, they have to, at some point make a restriction. Yep. So that's probably why it's that way, but it's kind of a bummer. And and yeah, unfortunately, the answer, Steve, is yeah, you can have a, a master Xbox account with a single one of your Xboxes as a child account underneath that like you do now. And for the other one, you just have to uh, to buy a live account for that one as well. Um, I was actually the, this question really threw me, though, because I'm like, I know I had my kid and two of his friends playing Sea of Thieves all together. I'm like, how did I do that? Because I only have one uh, one Xbox account, and then I realized that one of them was playing on PC, and because you don't need a live account to play on PC, but it has cross-play, he was able to play with the other two. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a real bummer, and I, I agree with you, Steve. It would be really nice if we could, uh, if we could get that figured out. Um, because I don't think that having a multi-console family is... Especially at this part in the life cycle where you can get an Xbox for $200. Like, it's just not that expensive to to do that if you've got a couple of kids. So, unfortunately, sorry, Steve, you're you're, um, just going to have to get another Xbox account so your kids can all play together. Um, The sucky thing about that is, too, though, is that doesn't just mean another Xbox account. That means you have to buy all your games twice, too. Right. Yeah, if you all want to play at the same time. So... (sighs) Too bad. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about some uh, cheap free games. There is not a lot um, because we're at that time of the month where everyone's just getting ready to release them. But this is the second month in a row. I think this is really interesting. This is the second month in a row where PlayStation has released the PlayStation Plus games before Xbox Gold games get announced. That has never happened before Ever, ever, ever. I was shocked last month, and it happened again this month. So maybe that's going to be a thing where, where PlayStation is going to start announcing stuff early, which is cool. That's great. Um, so PlayStation Plus games for July of 2019, you are going to get Pro Evolution Soccer 2019, um, which I personally think is a poor man's FIFA, but that maybe is just me. Um, Someone FIFA, plays it. 
I every year people play it. They don't have the a lot of the major licenses, so they don't have the World Cup. They don't have the MLS license. So I don't know. It's it's fine. I just like I don't really care about the licenses because who cares about that really? I just don't think it feels as good as as FIFA. I played the demo of Pro Evolution Soccer 2019 and just was like, no, nah, this is okay. Um, FIFA's better. Um, and then another game called Horizon Chase Turbo, which I believe was a mobile game that got ported to consoles. And this is like the, the second one in that series. So um, it's a racing game. If that is your, your thing, uh, definitely not mine, but that's okay. Um, if you are listening to this on the day it comes out, which is going to be June 27th, or if you're a patron and listening to it on June 26th, uh, you will be able to pick up from the Epic store. Uh, if you're a PC gamer, uh, rebel galaxy, which is from the, creators of Torchlight, so the guys that created um, uh, Runic Games, I believe, left that company and started their own company and made Rebel Galaxy. It's a cool space sim, kind of like Privateer, if you've ever played that. I've played it a little bit, it's fun. Uh, But it goes off uh, being free at the Epic Store on June 27th, so you only have a day or two, so if you haven't gotten that... Get it right, meow! Right, meow. Uh, it'll be followed, though, by uh, Last Day of June, which is, I believe, kind of a adventure walking sim kind of game that is on that is on my, my two playlists. So you can get uh, the Last Day of June uh, through July 4th. So pick that up if you're on PC. I think the Epic Store is actually going to do this. They originally just said that the weekly giveaway of games was going to be through their the entirety of the Epic store sale, but I think they actually said they're going to continue it through the end of the year. So Mm. that's three or four games a month from the Epic store for another six months or so. So keep an eye on those. Um, If you actually have the Epic launcher installed, which I guess if you're doing anything on the Epic store, you should probably have that installed. It'll actually prompt you every time a new one comes out. It's pretty cool. Hey, go grab that. So if you aren't, against I guess having another launcher install that and uh, it'll remind you and then I don't need to do it so uh, I think that's the end Dylan do you have anything else to say um I don't think so no it's good it's uh it's it's a little bit of a shorter episode but if you haven't listened to it yet go listen to the the games coming out in 2019 episode my lights are flashing there is power problems coming so we should finish and then I'll save oh, this podcast no. and post it so uh, anyway, you can follow us for always at bitemepodcast.com. Uh, there's all sorts of episodes posted there if you are interested in seeing some of the stuff we've done in the past. Uh, it's also the easiest way to follow us on iTunes and Apple and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bitemepodcast, twitter.com slash bitemepodcast, uh, instagram.com slash bitemepodcast. We've been putting a little bit of stuff over there when I remember. Um, if you want to be on our discord, which is where all the cool kids hang out, um, including Dylan and I almost all day, every day, because we sit in an office. Yeah. It's just open there. I'm like, Hey, discord. Cool. Uh, you can go to bite me podcast.com slash discord. That will get you in. It's a lot of fun over there. I highly recommend you do that. Uh, support us on Patreon at bite me pod. Nope. Sorry. Patreon.com slash bite me podcast. Um, anything else, Dylan? I think that's everything. I think that's it. All right, do it. 